Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Thursday, January 28th, and we like to rock. I'm J.E. Skeets rolling this morning with the big beef chef, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends! And last but not least, making that type of magic happen with that cold open, it's JD. Hello! There he is, and here we are. What was that one, JD? I got that one. That was wild. I really can't tell you. I was, uh, uh, you know, just digging and searching and searching and digging, and there it was. And I was like, this is awesome. And then I realized, that's the Eden Center. That's yeah, in it's Toronto. Toronto. Oh, wow. It's, yeah. And it's about twice as long. It's it's real, and that guy does a lot of those, and they're all gold. Oh, he looks like Dan Hawkins from The Darkness there with the hair yeah. going. That. Like, <laughs> a little I bit. believe in a thing called clothes. Yeah. <laughs> um, congrats are in store for Trey Kirby here this morning. Big news: WNBA star Candace Parker leaving the LA Sparks to join your Chicago Sky. So, congrats! You, I saw you on Twitter. You were pretty pumped about that, TK. Yeah, I don't know enough about the WNBA to really guarantee this, but I'm guaranteeing a title for the Chicago Sky this season. In no way will it be similar to Dwayne Wade coming home near the end of his career after a storied uh, entire career with another franchise. It's going to work out this time. Shout out to Candace Parker coming back to Illinois. We might have to start a WNBA podcast now. Maybe, maybe. That is big, big news, of course, in the WNBA world. Yesterday, guys, before we get to the games, yesterday the NBA announced... That all-star voting will begin today. Hmm. Yes, today at noon. (laughs) It starts up. Uh, It will conclude at midnight on February 16th. We don't even know we're actually having a game, but we are definitely picking all-stars. Fans can submit one full ballot each day through either the NBA app or NBA.com, and you can vote up to 10 unique players per day on Twitter as well. Um, There's going to be five days where they do those things where the votes count double lately, those big mm. bonus days where you really want to get your votes out. As in the past, a combination of fans, players, and media will determine the all-star starters this season. Fans making up 50% of the vote, players in the media each get 25% of the vote, and the ballots are made up of two backcourt spots and three frontcourt spots. Starters revealed on February 18th, and then the uh, reserves picked by the coaches on February 23rd. We wanted to lead today's show with this news so that we can pitch ahead to tomorrow's drop podcast, where we will absolutely start selecting and debating our, let's be honest, hilariously early all-star team. So we're going to do that on Friday's drop podcast. So make sure you subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you watch or listen to the pod. We will be picking our first round of all-stars uh, again on Friday's drop. Speaking of YouTube. We're going to be dropping a brand new edition of NBA Whoopsies later this afternoon. So keep an eye out for that on the No Dunks YouTube page. The Hoops and the Bloops, another great week. And then, tonight, I've teased this a couple times now, around halftime of the Blazers-Rockets game, which is on TNT, we're going to try a little watch party on YouTube, calling it the NBA Happy Hour. So grab yourself a drink tonight, throw on that game, and then drop your questions and comments in the live chat as we uh well we talk about anything nba related and probably a whole lot of non-nba talk too i have a i got thoughts about everything tk i know you're gonna be joining me at first lily are you gonna you're gonna swing by have uh, a brewski uh, with the bros uh, yeah I'll, I'll try to drop in at some point yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm, like I'm, i hey. said like i said super catch 
Well, like it, the cash, show up in pajamas. Man. Show up in pajamas. Shirts off. Yeah. 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 yeah well, Pop it, that that's... shirt off. Let the brownies out. And come talk <laughs> basketball with your buddies. Something you never get a chance to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it does clash right with bedtime and book time for me and my boys. So I might just combine the two and I'll read some books to you guys on the stream team. You know? Hey, hey. <laughs> Anything okay. goes. Anything goes with NBA Happy Hour. So that again is tonight. So subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube and hit that little notification bell or button or whatever the heck it is so you know when we're going live. Can't wait. Should be fun tonight. All right. Before we get to what you got, we had a wedgie, guys. Number 14. It was a quickie. Oh, the Plum Dog Millionaire blocking Drummond there into the wedgie. Yep, number 14 on the season. The the block wedgie, you said it before we jumped on here, Trey, or went live. It, you know, pretty pretty coming pretty common that we see this type of wedgie from, from the block. Yeah, I don't really get it, but we've had, I don't know, four or five of them in the past couple of weeks where it seems like there's a block and somehow the ball gets spinning, the torque on it gets jammed in there, sticking a wedgie. It's great. Uh, yeah, we see it every night. Oh, the rare block wedgie. And maybe that's true in the past, but not this season. In the no. year of the wedgie, it might even be the year of the block wedgie. It, it maybe is. It's either it feels like a block wedgie, Lily, or a three-point wedgie. Mm. I mean, the real rare wedgie is becoming like, Anything in the mid-game or like a layup or some weird thing like that. Those are the rare ones. You know, we've gotten so many wedgies lately. We need a little wedgie break because I don't think they're being appreciated as much as they should be. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get like a wedgie come through in the broadcast. You know, we had Lamar Hurd on yesterday. I mean, he calls out no dunks. Yeah. But that one last night was just oh. like, oh, it's a they jump ball. It's a stick. Yeah. And that's what I mean is like, we're just being so spoiled with wedgies <laughs> this season. Like we almost need just a little break for a mm. week or so. And then we need a big prime time wedgie. That's what we really need is a big Ooh, yeah. a Mike Breen. Yeah, you know, yeah. like that's where it's... Because Mike Breen, he'll say wedgie. He might not say no dunks, but he'll say, oh, a wedgie. That's, that's what true. we need. Some wedgie appreciation. Well, I mean, again, this was a quick one because they didn't leave it up there long. And then, yeah, we were right to the jump ball. I saw, like, some people were concerned on Twitter. Like, does this even count as a mm. wedgie? Yeah, 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 of course. I mean, de- they stop play. Dead ball. We do sometimes get a wedgie that sticks and then it drops and they continue to play because it's super quick. Now, we don't count those ones. But uh, shout out to everybody, by the way, in on Instagram and Twitter um, and, and even YouTube. Like, let us know when they see a wedgie. You, you got to let us know. I mean, that's a classic one, Lee. Like, that's Cavs Pistons on a game where they're on a night when there's yeah. like 10 plus games. And we can very easily miss that. Absolutely. The Cavs have been a fun team to watch yeah. this year, but you got Lakers Sixers, you got Nets Hawks oh. going. It's tough to then swing over to the queue to see the tune in to watch the Pistons. Yeah. And like I've said, I mean it keeps me up at night. I, I like the 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 missed wedgies that are that are out there. Like at some point I'm gonna carve yeah. out some time and go through every NBA game in history and go through them all and see if we missed any. We'll get to that in the summer maybe. Uh, but let's get to a little what you got. What you got? What you got there? Yeah, what you got? I haven't done this in a while. Just a fun little twist on talking about a lot of the big games and storylines from last night, right? Let's switch it up. We've been doing a lot of five games, one takeaway thing uh, on most of these shows. But this one, guys, I want you to just hit me with the more entertaining game. I'll give you two options. There's some good games on last night. Nets beating the Hawks in overtime. These guys continue to play great games, Nets and Hawks. Or... That Lakers-Sixers game there on the national broadcast on ESPN last night. More entertaining game, Lily. What you got? Well, I was watching the Lakers and the Sixers, so that's where I'm leaning to. I've probably got a little bit of a bias, but uh, that was the big game I really want to see. Best road team versus the best home team. Mm -hmm. And I think it lived up to it. I really did, because I think the Sixers were home until about three minutes to go when the Lakers put on a huge run, got themselves back to the lead, 
Uh, and then the Sixers managed to uh, get the win at the end. Tobias Harris hit a game-winning shot. So lots of little bits and pieces out of this one. I'll go to a couple of them. Tobias Harris, who is a player who I haven't had a lot of confidence in uh, since he's been there in Philadelphia. He hit three big shots in the fourth quarter here for Philadelphia and really, you know, went at his defender, which is which is important. I think he needs to be aggressive. He needs to be that other scorer because as good as Ben Simmons was last night, and he had a very good game. When it comes down to crunch time, he's not going to take that shot. And Embiid was having a good game as well. You know, he's going to get a lot of attention. So it falls on someone like Harris to step mm-hmm. up and take that shot. And he did. And he knocked it in. And he saved a victory for his team because if the Sixers had lost this game, that, that would have been a devastating blow to them because they basically led virtually double digits as well in that fourth quarter until they went a little bit cold. The Lakers got hot. Caruso and Schroeder hit some big threes. And then LeBron's gorgeous bounce pass into Anthony Davis uh, to give the Lakers the lead there late. And you thought, yep, the Lakers had done it again. They just pulled this victory out. But the Sixers held firm. So I thought that was very impressive. Now, there was two very big sort of non-turning points as it turned out in this game and it was the flagrant fouls uh the first one lebron james on joel Embiid. now joel Embiid went up and lebron he definitely laid both hands on him and it was one of those situations where it it looked worse because of the way joel Embiid fell and landed and i i was thought he's not going to come back there's no way he's going to come back because he'd been having back problems too and he landed right on his tailbone yeah big heavy guy who goes up like that and lands and instantly he was in pain and you're like oh my god that's bad now lebron was assessed a flagrant one after the game and beat thought he should have been injected for a flagrant two but i'm going to give lebron the benefit of the doubt here that that sometimes you know when you when you connect with a person just the momentum of them can make things look worse. I don't think LeBron had any nasty intent. I think he sort of tried to take a foul, but just as Embiid jumped, he sort of, you know, his hands just laid on his body and then he fell badly. Mm-hmm. So I think the referees did get that one right. I can see why Sixers fans are like, oh, LeBron, you know, the refs are always bailing him out. I, I really Sixers don't... fans, I felt like Draymond Green fans were more upset last <laughs> night on Twitter. <laughs> if Draymond does that. He's getting ten games, and and that's that's the easy comparison to make. Maybe, but, but I, I think I think that was I think the referees got that one right, a flagrant okay. one. I don't think. Well, it was let, a, let's ask. I, I'm I'm sort of with you, but Trey, what's your opinion on the LeBron one to start with here? That flagrant, the flagrant one that he got. Do you think he should have been ejected? I think everybody's right about everything because I don't think that a LeBron should have been ejected. It looked like a flagrant one to me, like you're saying, Lee. It was an intentional foul. It looked like like he was trying to foul Embiid, but you know. Embiid falling over definitely made it look worse. But if you are a Sixers fan, if you're Joel Embiid, I think he's totally right that if it was him doing that, he gets ejected from the game mm. for a flagrant mm. two uh, because there does there is a reputation uh, quantity to these sort of fouls. A Draymond Green would likely get ejected as well. I remember Andrew Bynum did basically this exact same thing to J.J. Barea 5,000 years ago. Yep. I'm pretty sure he was ejected and eventually suspended, right? But it looks different when it's Andrew Bynum, a giant, Joel Embiid, a giant, doing it to a small guy like J.J. Barea. When it's LeBron doing it to Embiid, it's a a, a little tougher call. But, you know, I think that Embiid has a case. I think that uh, pretty much anybody except for the king probably gets ejected there. Mm, Interesting. Yeah, because you're right, Lily. I mean, he puts both his hands on him. There is no doubt. Almost in a way to like brace himself from maybe like getting dunked on in a way like that yeah. type of thing, but he doesn't like LeBron definitely doesn't extend and super push him or stuff like that, which you don't want to like touch anyone in the air. I get that because it's always dangerous. Like you know your balance is like you're you're at the mercy of someone pushing you, as we've seen many times, especially guys coming from behind. But yeah, like if Embiid doesn't land so wildly, I mean, is a flagrant even called in that situation? 
or is it just a foul then? Yeah. I, I, I'm sort of with you. I think they got it right. Flagrant one. First uh, flagrant for LeBron since 2014. Hmm. Um, and I, I tweeted it out. I actually didn't end up fact-checking it. From what I can remember, the last time I remember LeBron getting a flagrant, he popped uh, Roy Hibbert. Remember him? Uh, remember those uh, Heat Pacers matchups? He got Hibbert, not in the Hibberts, which you would think, not in the nuts. Uh, he got him in the face with like an uh. offensive foul, like elbow. Yeah, LeBron like sort of you know, was attacking the rim and caught Hibbert up top and really like clocked him. And he got a flagrant one for that. Look, if you're going to be making your name on verticality, that means your body is straight up and down. You're going to take some shots to the Hibberts and to the face. It's just a matter of, is it the knees or the elbows that hit first? That's right. That's right. Uh, And anyways, were you going to continue with the second one then on Embiid there, Lila? Yeah. Yeah. So only a minute or so later there, uh, Embiid goes into the lane and he sort of does the rip through kind of, you know, Euro step move around Anthony Davis and he clocks him on the chin with his elbow mm-hmm. and he's also assessed a flagrant one and and I also think they got that one right too because uh, last week it was against the, the Lakers and the Bucks Giannis got a flagrant one but doing the similar sort of move on Montrose Harrell and he caught him flush on the chin so they do call that a flagrant one now it's different I think when you are swinging your elbows because you are in control a little bit more and I think, you know, we've seen Joel Embiid that time where he whacked Jared Allen in the playoffs. He should have been suspended for that one because he just or, or ejected because he just clearly whacked him. But in this case, guys do make these moves now where they're sort of stepping across and they're moving across and their arms are up and you've got big guys there. So you can make contact, uh, but it doesn't always necessarily be have to be like a, a nasty, uh, you know, a, a deliberate whack. So I think in this case, I think Embiid was right to get the uh, flagrant one as well because he did catch him and they call that and they're trying to be consistent with it. But I don't think that was worthy of an ejection either. And uh, you saw Anthony Davis, you know, he got shaken up. He got shaken up a couple of times there last night. Uh, but I think it was the the right call as well. So after the game, Doc Rivers said, you know, I don't think either of them were flagrant calls. Uh, and maybe he's right. I don't know. But I, I just feel that the, the NBA has been consistent. Referees have been consistent, at least calling that one that Embiid was called for last night as a flagrant one. So I think they also did get that right in the end. Uh, but, you know, it, it didn't. It wasn't a spiteful game. You know, there wasn't any uh, other sort of lingering issues out there. It was just a good competitive game between two teams playing really well. Uh, and, you know, th- those incidents happened. But I think because there wasn't any sort of uh, follow-up uh, fouls from other guys, that sort of indicates to me that they both recognized they weren't intentional acts by, uh, by LeBron or there by Joel Embiid on Anthony Davis. I'll tell you what, if we ever get a Sixers-Lakers game during NBA happy hour, we're making a drinking game. Drink every time AD or Embiid hits the floor. Oh, yeah. We'll be <laughs> wasted. Oh, my God. Especially Embiid. I mean, AD's yeah. always on the ground, too. Like he's, it's, It seems like he's always picking himself up. But uh, Embiid hit the ground like... It feels like every game he's down there like five to ten times. I don't even think I'm exaggerating. No, you're definitely not. He's down on the ground so often that he has bits for when he's down on the ground. He had one yesterday (laughs) where he got an and one he landed. He started doing the X-Pac suck it. He's humping in the air after making a big shot. The guy is shooting uh, some crazy floaters, honestly, like out of the post where he's shooting the ball 20 feet up in the air and it's dropping through so softly. It feels like he's down on the ground before the ball is going through the rim. Uh, Marcus Smart called it flopping true aficionados amongst us would just call it selling you know he's just making it look even more like a foul when you're a big guy like that you got to do what you can to get to the line that's how you score efficiently fall over 
that was uh, actually a storyline sort of from this game too. As we know, uh, Marcus Gasol has been considered the Embiid stopper, right? Like the numbers are actually like pretty amazing. Like Embiid career averages and then Embiid versus Marcus Gasol. I don't have it in front of me, but it is just like a hilariously drastic drop-off uh, where Gasol's done a great job on him in the past. Not so much, of course, there last night. Um, you know, Gasol wasn't on him a ton, got into some foul trouble, but Embiid, 28.6 boards, four assists, and two blocks. But you reminded me there, Leeway, just back to the Tobias Harris um, jumper, you know, getting to a spot, pulling up over Caruso, the smaller guy, confidence, splash, like really, really nice game winner uh, with about three seconds to go. Sort of like, it reminds me a little bit of, you know, it's nice to have Tobias do that, to be like a Chris Middleton-like guy, right? Right. Because it's similar with the Bucks, or excuse me, with the Sixers, Embiid is like a Giannis down the stretch. Like in the final couple minutes, we've talked about it before, not as easy to get the big guy the ball. Um, You know, they're they're probably going to send multiple guys at you. So you need that secondary scorer that can sort of create his own shot and uh, and take it with confidence. And it's not going to be Ben Simmons. Although he was really aggressive early on in this game, and I thought did a phenomenal job defensively, you need that guy, that scorer, and so that I see just the comparison there, and they're both having really great, great years shooting the ball. Tobias Harris and Chris Middleton, yeah. they're going to be uh, in the running tomorrow when we're making our All Star teams mm. for sure, both of them. <laughs> yeah, well, that, that's it's the Doc Rivers influence. I think I'm going to give Doc a lot of credit because people said you know when he was in the Clippers and Doc was coaching Tobias Harris, that's when he had his best season. He was nearly an All Star then. And now he's in Philadelphia, and Tobias Harris is definitely having a better season uh, than he's had before in Philadelphia. And again, that that moment last night in that fourth quarter wasn't just the game when it was those other shots that he took. I think he took Caruso into the post one time as well and just raised up and scored over him. And that's what they they need him to do that. I mean, that's what they pay him thirty five million bucks a year for is to go out there and uh, and be another guy who can be a scoring option for them. Because you know Simmons was very good in this game. But at the end of the game, he's just simply not going to shoot the ball. He might drive in, he might attack, but he will not be a shooter. So they need other guys out there. Seth Curry, who's been good for them this season, he wasn't really feeling it there last night. Uh, so it's it's on Harris, and I thought he was very good. So, yeah, overall, you know, just a good win for Philadelphia because, uh, as I said earlier, if they dropped this one after leaning it all night and, and the way that the Lakers closed, that would have just been a, a devastating end for them. And Embiid... You know, he had 28 points and six rebounds, but he wasn't like he didn't didn't completely dominate. But he certainly did again pick his spots and look to be aggressive, and that's what he needs to do because he's got he's got a, a variety to his offensive game that makes him hard to defend. Certainly one on one. Anything to uh, to add to the Nets Hawks game? Again, I slipped it in there. It's like the third time they played a really really entertaining game. I'm seeing a lot of people saying like. Can we hope this is somehow like a playoff series? Like it would be a pretty fun, you know, 1-8, 2-7, whatever, maybe uh, possibly even maybe a 3-6 matchup. Um, sign me up for that if we're going to get games like this between these two teams where there's not a lot of defense, but my God, there's a lot of scoring. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Skeets. Unfortunately for us, these two teams are done playing for the season mm. unless they somehow meet in the playoffs. All three of them have been really fun. You remember the first game between these two, it was like 141 to 140 or something right. like that. They decided to play a little more defense the second time around, third time around, eh, maybe a little bit in the fourth quarter here. I don't know. It was a fun game to watch, though, too. Just a little bit overshadowed by the crazy ending of the Lakers game. But this one was consistently great throughout, I thought. The Hawks obviously aren't on the Nets level yet, but they're closer than you'd think. I think uh, we saw a little bit of how the Brooklyn Nets defense can actually improve going forward in this season. There was a, a play where John Collins got isolated on Harden in the post. Harden takes a bump and then KD comes down from the corner, smacks the ball out uh, with a huge block. And that, to me, is how the Nets are really going to be a quality defensive team when it comes playoff time. Because, yeah, 
they can bring in other guys. They can bring in somebody to improve their Jeff Green spot because Jeff Green is obviously <laughs> playing a ton of minutes on a title contending team again. How does it keep happening? The guy is, <laughs> what a career for Jeff Green. But uh, but nonetheless, you're going to have Harden. You're going to have Durant. You're going to have Kyrie on the court no matter what. The key to them having a good defense is getting a good effort from those guys. You see Harden giving up his body, taking a bump from a bigger guy. You see KD willing to help. That's how the Nets become a quality defensive team, or at least a team that's good enough on defense that their offense can take them home on the other side. Absolutely. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Our next one here, I'll just ask it. I'll just jump right into it. Who gets traded first? Bradley Beal from the Wizards or Aaron Gordon from the Magic? Beal, again, 47, I think it was last night, in another Wizards loss. Aaron Gordon going through the motions, if you caught any of that one. Uh, a brutal, brutal game from him. Trey, what you got? Beal or, Beal or AG, who gets moved first here? It definitely looks with your eyes. It looks like it's going to be Bradley Beal because like you're saying, Skates, it happened again last night. 47 points and the Wizards lost by basically 20 points. I saw the tweets coming through as as it was happening. This was not uh, appointment viewing for me, but you see him coming through. Ooh, Bradley Beal's got 24 in the third. He's got 40 through three quarters. I didn't even need to look at the scoreboard to know that the Wizards were losing by 20 because that's exactly what it is. There was a great tweet from Law Murray, our athletic colleague last night, who said, In 12 months, we've seen so many pictures of Bradley Beal just looking so sad on the sidelines to the point where he was asked about it in post-game press conferences saying, yeah, I I know I need to be better at that because I know I'm going to be memed instantly anytime it happens. And it seems to be happening a lot. He was asked if he's frustrated. He says, is the sky blue? But the bigger quote, I think, that Fred Katz had is that Beal says, it's tough. We want to win. I want to win. This is why I stayed. I want to win here. I figure this is the place I can get it done. I don't know if that's the case, but he did sign a big extension October 2019 saying he wanted to be part of this Wizards team and that he wanted to be part of the uh, the team that brings the Wizards franchise back to respectability. I did see some big names on Twitter talking about a potential Otto Porter for Bradley Beal deal, but there's no reason for the Wizards to trade Bradley Beal right now. It's going to take a huge package to get it done. That's why I actually think Aaron Gordon is more likely to be traded. He's on an $18 million deal this season, $16 million only next year, and the guy looks just totally disconnected (sighs) from the Magic. He's been playing out of position for basically his entire career. Last night, three points on one of nine shooting, five rebounds, five assists, four turnovers. 
He's kind of their point guard right now. Matt, the Magic are struggling. If they're ready to be sellers, he's going to be a trade target, and Evan Fournier is going to be a trade target. It's crazy, though, that Aaron Gordon, he's still on the Magic right now. Has the guy mm. played the right position once his entire career? It's hard to say. He's not a point guard. He's not a small forward. They have him handle the ball a lot. He probably needs somebody who can really set him up. Obviously, Markel Fultz is injured right now, so that's not a help for the Magic, but the Aaron Gordon experience for Orlando seems to be coming to an end. Would the Dallas Mavericks be interested in Aaron Gordon, Lily? I know we talked a lot about the Mavs and like Andre Drummond because to shore up their rebounding. Could you see them like trying to make a deal for Gordon? And would that make sense to you? Uh, yes, I mean I'd have to look at the numbers, of course, through the trade machine to see what the Mavericks would have to give up in return. But an athletic big, I mean that's what that's what Aaron Gordon is, who can spread the floor. So he fits their offensive mindset that. He can shoot the three. I know right now it's not great because he's he does... a career high thirty six percent. Yeah, I, I know for this, just, season. It, for this season. It, it yeah. feels it feels to me that if he did go to a situation like that in Dallas, I, I think his his energy, his attitude, all those things would improve, and I think he would be more productive. I mean, there's definitely you know you've got to be a buyer beware there with Aaron Gordon because we've seen him have moments throughout his career, usually at the start of the season, where he starts on fire, he looks great, maybe he's putting himself into all star contention, mm-hmm. and then he sort of fades down the stretch. So that that's kind of what you're uh, risking there, but. I think it is also Aaron Gordon simply because he's got a more movable contract than Beal. Beal's got, uh, he's got technically two years, that second year as a player option at $37 million, which, I mean, well, you know what? He maybe doesn't opt into that. He's young enough that he could get that five-year sure. whatever deal after that, uh, the guaranteed year that he has there. So um, I think so. I think, I mean, the Mavericks need some help too. You know, they had another loss there last night to the Red Hot Jazz, but I think uh, the Mavericks right now, uh, one of those teams that, that that are good, but they're not really as close as they need to be. And they've got a couple of those interchangeable pieces on the wings there that uh, I think Aaron Gordon, you know, for the most part is an upgrade. So it's just what they would have to give up. I mean, it'd be one of their youngish players. Um, well, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, I, I was looking at the Mavericks. I was trying to work that trade machine. They don't have... You know, you're obviously not moving a Luke. You're obviously not yeah. moving a KP. So then you're like, you're getting into some of these other guys. Like, I think to make it work, it's either got to be like a James Johnson, his contract, or a Dwight Powell, or a Maxi Kleber. You know, one of those guys to the Magic. Then you got to, it's got to be sexier than that, I would assume. So like, I don't know, are you throwing in your recent draft pick in uh, Tyrell Terry? He's a point guard. He's a smallish guard. The Magic need an, another one of them. I don't know. And then it would have to be like a future pick or two, right? Because the Magic don't have a lot of their like, you know, immediate uh, first round picks with a lot of them going out in the KP trade. So, I mean, is that, I, I just don't, also don't know what Aaron Gordon even going to be worth and, and like what you're yeah. actually going to get back in for return. I don't think it's going to be all that impressive if I'm being honest, but I, I, I think the Mavs would do something like that if it was James Johnson and a super future pick and maybe it is Terry. I think they would do it. I just don't know if Orlando would, um, but I also think he should just get the hell out of there. <laughs> like I think both parties, I think it just makes sense to get something, even if it is future first-round picks, and have him move out. He's not going to be your future four uh, or, or three or wherever the heck they want to try and slot him in. He's just not. Um, he's he's a fine player. He could be like a Wiggins-type guy in the right you know situation where he's asked to do a little bit less. I think he could really flourish, but mm. I don't know what you think about James Johnson, Tyrell Terry in a <laughs> 2025 or a 2027 pick. Is that... Is that exciting to you as an Orlando Magic uh, possible fan there, Trey? <laughs> Let me get Brent Rosengren on yeah. the phone to see if he'd be fired up about Tyrell Terry. You're talking about a bag of beans right there, to be honest. It's all about the picks, which maybe is the best move for the Magic. Maybe they move uh, Gordon for picks. Maybe they move Fournier for a pick as well. Mm-hmm. Terrence Ross is somebody that should probably be in demand a little bit, though. He's got a few years left on his deal. There are some 
uh, pieces that seem like they could help contending teams more so than they're helping the Magic. And maybe that's a way that the Magic can get to their next era of whatever they're going to be. I mean, I guess they're in the Nikola Vucevic era right now. He's going to somehow be the Orlando Magic all-time leading scorer in about a season. <laughs> so, they're, I don't know. I don't think it's a I don't think it's happening with him as a title contender right now, but they're going to have to start thinking about the next moves pretty soon. And then let's go back to Beal here, Lee. I got I got an offer for you. Okay. A team nice. that he's been linked with a ton. And they continue to lose and we're going to get to them in a second though. The Miami Heat. Pat Riley, could he come in here and make a deal? To the Washington Wizards, that makes sense for both squads here. They obviously get Bradley Beal. That's a huge thing if you're pairing him with Jimmy and Bam. I think that's a, a hell of a threesome right there. Um, at, you know, decent ages too. I know Jimmy's a little bit older than the other two, but that's not bad. You just went to these finals. There's something there. What would it take? Tyler Hero has to be in it. I think you have to be giving up on Tyler Hero if you're the Heat to get Beal right now. Okay. Probably going to be taking the expiring contracts of like Kelly Olenek. Uh Iguodala, uh, probably to make the money work. And then and then it gets interesting. Then are the Wizards like, oh yeah, we also want either Duncan Robinson or your rookie, Precious Achua. And then of course we want some picks too, down the line. Because he don't have a lot of picks, immediate picks coming up too. They would have to be like, again, 2025, 2027, maybe one or both of those. What do you think of that deal, Lili? That's, you know, that's a lot. And yeah. I won't even say both of those guys, either Duncan or Precious, yeah. Tyler, Kelly, Andre, and then future, future picks for Bradley Beal. Yeah, I think it's one of Hero or Robinson. You're not going to give up both if you're the Heat. Okay, because okay I think so let's they... say it's Precious then. You're getting yeah, yeah. moving uh, on from I, him, who's looked great. I, I think the Heat would do that because I think that does give them uh, a chance again to go back to where they were last season and get back. I mean, Beal is a proven all-star in this league. He improves the team immediately. And yeah, it costs you one of your young guys, but it's worth it because the Heat are, the heat are sort of always kind of in win-now mode, but they certainly yeah. are with Jimmy Butler and they want to make sure that uh, you know they surround him with the with the talent that he expects. Of course, we heard they were going to pursue Giannis Antetokounmpo. That can't happen anymore. They did sign Bam to his long term deal, so they they took care of their business there. And uh, I think it does improve them. And I and I think they probably look right now and think you know last season things did bounce right for them in the bubble. They they had a great performance down there, but they are not maybe as quite as good as they were, and they need to improve. And if a player of Beal's caliber is available. Yes, I think you make that deal. I think I think Achua, he looks fine, but it's a rookie. It's hard to really tell. And Hero and Robinson, one of, whichever one you're prepared to give up on, I think it's like, well, Beal is better than those guys right now. For sure. So, so it puts us in there. Iguodala, I mean, yeah, if they have to give him up to make the money work, I think they would be prepared to do that, even though they would be reluctant because I think they like to have his, his uh, leadership and his veteran presence on the team. But... You know, you're improving by having Beal on the team. So I, I think the Heat, I think that's not a bad deal. I think there is something there. As far as those picks, who knows exactly what's going on there. But uh, if you're the Wizards as well, you may as well. You may as well cash in and try to get some young players because... Well, uh, well, that, well that's the interesting part. Is Tyler Hero enticing enough to build a trade package around for the Wizards from their side of things? Or would they like prefer like, no, 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 give me four or five, you know, first round picks. Like more like go that route. Or is it like, okay, Tyler Hero and even Precious, oh, those are two good players. Like, Tyler Hero's 21, right? I mean, Tyler Hero could be Bradley Beal, for all, for all we know, in four or five years, right? Th- that's where I'm like, I'm curious what the Wizards think of trying to get something back. And they made, and look, Beal hasn't asked to be traded. They may not want to trade him. Trey said it. I mean, what? You're the Wizards. So you might as well just have a guy in your team scoring 40, 45 a night. <laughs> At least you're still in the news. Uh, you're, you're, not, you're not winning games, but uh, you're still of note. But Miami has no draft inventory, really. Again, yeah. two, that's really, really future I'm talking about when we're getting into 2027. Yeah, but Tyler Hero is a hell of an intriguing player. And I know, he, I'm sure some Heat fans are even like, no way. 
like they're they're that in love with Tyler Hero, and you you know you fall in love with your own guys for sure, <laughs> especially your young guys who could be a Beal, a Booker, or whatever Tyler Hero turns into. But I don't know the killer bees there, Trey. If you're the Heat in Beal, Butler, and Bam, that's a hell of a good three, I think. Uh, with other obviously some pieces still around in Dragic and stuff like that. The big bees. Yeah. I would be into it, and I think it would be a. a- a genius move for the Heat, to be honest with you. They love chasing stars. There are people in the dream, uh, in the dream stream. That's a new one. The dream stream. Anyways, in the stream team, suggesting the Heat are going to be contenders for Victor Oladipo this summer. So that's pro- that's a, a way that you can bring in a quality player without having to ship out some of yours. But Fair. Bradley Beal is better than Victor Oladipo, I would say. I think if you get him in a place where he's playing hard on the defensive end as well, where everybody's committed... He's going to give you effort on that side. And I think he really bridges the gap between Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, right? Because Butler is certainly older than Adebayo. And as Butler tails off, we assume Bam will be ascendant. If there's another guy alongside those two who's kind of right in the middle of them age-wise, that could be very nice for Miami. We will see. But I agree with you to go back to the what you got. I think Aaron Gordon is getting moved soon. I got no intel on that. That's all pure feeling. But uh, if you watched him go through the motions there last night, I was watching some of that Magic game. Yeah, it just uh, there's something going on, and uh, it makes sense again for both parties. But we'll see. All right, next wasn't one. It, uh, wasn't it Kings and Magic last night? You're watching that with all those yeah, other man, games. I got my eye on everything, big guy. <laughs> I'm putting the work in. Oh man, why are you? I know, I, I know, Isaac here, doesn't believe. What's that? What's that, Trey? Why are you being such an elitist here? You won't watch uh, a bad team. You're too yeah. good for a bad team? <laughs> I mean, the Kings are fun to watch, but the Magic aren't. <laughs> well, you, hate, like, you hate Vucevic, so that's Yeah, big Vuce hater. <laughs> uh, look, I'm not saying I watched all 48 minutes of it. I just was, uh, I was seeing uh, uh, some, some yeah. things going around about Gordon. I'm just fascinated by Aaron Gordon getting moved, and I think it's going to happen. I've been sort of tweeting that for the last couple of, while, uh, for the last couple couple of years. Here. Yeah, well, years, yeah. Uh, next one here, more surprising start. The Cavs are the Thunder, Lee, because the Cavs took care of the Pistons. They improved to 9-9. Nine and nine. And the Thunder, baby, Canadian Thunder, played well down the stretch. They beat the Suns, who were without Booker, but beat the Suns. Yeah. Chris Paul had a good game. Um, and OKC's 8-9. and nine. Al Horford, I, did Al Horford have a triple-double, I think? Uh, yeah, great line, I know that. So what's more surprising? The Cavs are the Thunder. Both these teams uh, people thought might be the worst teams in the league. Yeah, I, and I guess we shouldn't be surprised that the Thunder are pretty competitive uh, because last season I think people thought as well that they probably wouldn't make the playoffs and that when uh, Chris Paul wasn't going to stick around, but he did and they played well. And I think that's the sort of mentality that at least Sam Presti brings to his team. He's like, we're not tanking, okay, I've got a ton of draft picks here, but if you're on the team, I expect you to play hard and to, and to play well. And, you know, they got Gilgis Alexander in the big Paul George deal, so, you know, he's a part of their future. And they're just playing good, consistent, uh, steady basketball again. I think the, clearly the Cavs at 9-9, nine and nine, uh, even though it's 500, it feels like they're much better than that because they've been a, quite a story this season. Mm-hmm. And even though they only beat the Pistons last night, there's something believable about the Cavs right now. Whether or not it will last, I'm not sure. And, and certainly, you know, they will regress um, at some point throughout the season. But it feels as though this is more than just a one- or two-week uh, flurry here from the Cavs. It feels like they are a team that is at least going in the right direction with their young uh, Sexland backcourt. And, of course, Andre Drummond, he's been very, very good for them this season. So I, I think the fact that they are, I mean, again, they're 9-9 nine and nine and the Thunder only 8-9, and nine, so they've basically got identical records. Right. But it just feels to me that 
if you had said this to me at the start of the season, which team is going to have a better season, I would have just been instantly like, well, the Thunder. The Thunder, of course, because I just it just feels like... Even got- though we said OKC looked like to be the only team in the Western Conference that might actually lean into the tank, because we were saying that when the season started. Going, like, yeah. Looking at every other team, we're like, no, the Wolves don't want to tank. No, the Kings don't want to tank. You know, we went through all of them and said, uh, okay, see, okay, that one makes sense. They might. Yeah, but, but they've got, they you know, competitive players and Al Horford no, and sure. uh, George You're Hill right. there and Dort. I mean, Dort's a, a fun guy to watch. Hey, so I just see him of... hit that three late last <laughs> night there, Lily? <laughs> uh, the Dort dump three. The guy shot it and then hit, instantly hit the squad as it yeah. was going. And I was dying. Uh, but, yeah, like I say, the Cavs, I thought were going to be boring and not very good. And yeah. they've been the complete opposite of that. So uh, it's the Cavs for me, for sure. Okay. That was a tough one. More surprising start, Trey. Where, where do you go? Cavs or Thunder? I, I'm with Lee on this one. I do think it's the Cavs because it feels it feels like it's going to last at least as long as Andre Drummond is around there to clean up the boards, clean up the mistakes, and be a presence inside. Because the forcing turnovers is working. The playing fast is working for the Cavs. Uh, they are probably still catching teams off guard a little bit with the way they're playing. But uh, it's certainly working for them. And, you know, this is... It's a young team, obviously, but it also has some established players or guys who have been around at least for a couple of seasons to the point where you're like, is Darius Garland really going to improve? Is Colin Sexton really going to improve? We've seen what Andre Drummond has done on a bad team, but these are guys who have completely changed my perception of him this season. Whereas the Thunder, I just don't know how it's happening. I don't understand how they're able to start Isaiah Roby every single night and then go out there and look like an incredible team. They're all tied together defensively. Shea has been great, like I have always said. He's a future all-star out there. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be this season or next season, but maybe the af- the one after that he could get in the mix. But he has them playing incredibly well. The Thunder look great. The Cavs look great. In a couple of months, are we saying this, when uh, there have likely been trades for both these teams? Maybe not. Some team has to actually be the worst team in the league. Doesn't look like either of these ones, though, and they would have been good bets heading into the season. Yeah, again, tune in to tomorrow's Drop Podcast to see whether or not Trey and I fight over SGA being included on our early All-Star team. Will he oh, be you got the- him as a starter? No, not starter. <laughs> we're, doing the whole, we're doing the whole thing tomorrow. We're going, we're uh, we're going, we're going full right. roster tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. I was huh. thinking about it, though. I hate to say this, but it's always true. Like, the C.J. McCollum injury... Uh, to him with the Blazers there, I was like, oh, that might actually help uh, SGA actually making this team for real. But anyway, as long as they keep winning, he's going to make that all-star team. I'm going to keep saying it because he was great, again, uh, down the stretch, setting up guys and hitting some key shots. I do worry with the Cavs. Is there a – and I remember you always talking about this back in the day, Trey. Is there any concern that the Cavs right now are doing like – I think it was like the 2013-14 Suns where they like totally like blew – expectations out of the water and they were playing so well that was the year where they won a ton of games but just missed out on the playoffs still in, in a loaded west um and then they were like well this is our team let's run it let's go with it and it was like oh that ended up backfiring like i guess my point is like we talked a lot about the Cavs moving drummond moving some of these other things they're not going to move like sexton or stuff like that but like are they going to win too many games here where they're like refuse to move on from some of these guys like is that an issue or no because it's just drumming like they're not moving a coral they're not moving sex and they're not moving garland so it doesn't matter like what do you think that's a great question because drummond has been instrumental to their success but bringing him back definitely feels like a phoenix suns trying to get back to the playoffs move yeah. clearly the best move for them long term will be moving him for a player who helps in a couple of years or some picks that are going to be uh, movable as well. Whatever they're able to to flip him is really going to be what Drummond brings, how Drummond brings value back to the Cavs, despite the fact that he has been incredible for him this season. 
Uh, they said heading into the year that they wanted to accelerate the rebuild. I don't know exactly what that means, but it feels like the rebuild has been accelerated, but bringing back Drummond on a huge deal would be bad news bears, I do think. Uh, apparently, they're trying to to move Kevin Love as well. There's been a little bit of uh, drama with regards to are they going to buy him out? Are they not going to buy him out? Are teams really interested? Are title contending teams interested in trading for him? But they've got some pieces that could uh, can help them eventually in the future. Even if they're going to take a little bit of a step back here, it, it'll be weird, I think, uh, if the Cavs are one of the success stories of the first half of the season, then they trade one of the guys who has been part of that success. Right. But maybe it's the smarter move in the long term. Yeah, yeah, we will see. That's a fun one for you guys out there. More surprising start, the Cavs or the Thunder. Final one here, more concerned about these two teams, the Mavericks or the Heat. The Mavericks got punked by the Red Hot Jazz. Jazz won 10 straight. So Mavericks fall to fall in eight. And that was like basically a, you know, a full squad there for, for the Mavericks. They had both of their star players, of course, in that loss. And they got embarrassed. The Heat, still without some of their best players. We got to add that in there. They lost big to the Nuggets at home. I mean, they got embarrassed. They're 6-11 and 11 now. So of these two teams that we both expected to be really, really good teams, you know, at the quarter mark here, Trey, who are you more concerned about, Dallas or Miami? It's barely the Mavs over the heat for me here. Both teams have kind of been decimated by health and safety protocols, but I think it's been a little bit worse from the heat for the heat because they've only gotten six games from Jimmy Butler, whereas yeah. the Mavericks have gotten 17 from Doncic. And that's why to me, their problems just see a little bit, seem a little bit more ingrained than uh, the heat does because you assume the offense and the defense are probably going to get better whenever Jimmy Butler's able uh, to be on the court with them again. Time is the enemy for the Heat. It's a matter of, are they going to lose so many games in the meantime, waiting for Jimmy Butler, waiting for all of their players to get back on the court, that they're behind the eight ball trying to catch up. The problem for Dallas is offense. They're 15th overall right now. They're down nearly seven points per 100 possessions off of last year's pace when people were calling them the greatest offense in the history of basketball. They're 30th right now in three-point percentage. Donk is struggling, 28.5%. Porzingis, 29.4%. After that, it's like... Not great shooters on this team. So you wonder who's going to actually be the three-point shooters that really bring the Mavericks back to respectability because they have to be incredible on offense because they're not going to be good enough on defense, I don't think, from what we've seen. Tim Hardaway is shooting the ball well. you got to keep him out there. Josh Richardson is kind of struggling. Seems to follow him around from Philadelphia to Dallas, bringing down the three-point percentage. It just doesn't feel like there's a way for the Mavericks to get to the elite status that they could have possibly been into this season i think the heat will be back there whenever they get all their guys together we'll see if they make any sort of bradley beal trade or something like that but the mavericks seem a little bit more precarious to me right here yeah lee you got two giant buttons in front of you one panic button for the mavs one panic button for the heat which one are you slapping first yeah it's the mavericks because uh as trey sort of says there i feel when jimmy butler gets back there's just a certain level of like confidence that i have that miami will be able to sort of lock in get a few wins under their belt and move forward Whereas the Mavericks with Porzingis and Doncic right now, that you know, this is basically their two best players. And I think I think teams are basically loading up on Doncic a little bit more and saying, like, you know, because he's averaging virtually a triple double and he's he's got such a heavy workload for that team that teams are kind of like, we can pretty much live with everyone else on the Mavs, even Porzingis for now, until he sort of really gets into his uh, full strength, that uh the Mavericks are beatable. And uh mm-hmm. and, and you know, the Heat obviously again, they get punked last night at home by against a good team in the Denver Nuggets. But uh, I really feel that the Mavericks uh, need to change their personnel, whereas the Heat 
have just got to get their players back from injury. Um, that, that's that's the concern for me, that this is going to be one of those seasons that even if Doncic continues his incredible season and, and maybe he averages a triple-double, it's like they could finish 10th in the Western Conference still. So they need to, to improve some of their, their supporting players Whereas the Heat just it just feels like once they get everyone back they'll be okay. I just I just feel that about them because we've seen it. Whereas uh, you know for Dallas it's like what what is pausing us? Is he is he really that number two guy that the Mavericks I heard he's need? a unicorn. <laughs> he is, and and look you know <laughs> we've we've seen him have some incredible games. There's no no doubt yeah. about it. But you know is he a long term viable option there for, to really pair alongside Luca that they can score fine, but can they defend? And mm-hmm. uh, and that and that's the thing. And again, I think teams look at Doncic and they go, "Look, this guy is a, is a legit star. So let's pile up on him, make him work so hard on both ends of the floor that he just can't carry his team." When you're relying on your Tim Hardaways and your Dorian Finney-Smiths and, and Trey Burks to be the guys who like, okay, those guys need to all be firing to keep the Mavs in a game. So, yeah, I I, I definitely think it's the Mavs who have uh, got a little bit more to concern than the Heat at this point. Yeah, we'll see which one of these teams blinks first, maybe in regards to making a trade too, as we've talked about in the past. Both of those squads, I think, could uh, shake it up and try and go get one of these sort of bigger names that could be had, I think, for the right deal. Um, but they both of them don't have a lot of draft picks. That is one issue, especially in trying to get a guy like Beal. They just don't have a ton. They've already swapped them out uh, for other deals. Um, one thing from this game, though, Trey... <laughs> we, <laughs> oh, oh, we got some beef 29 points for Rudy Gobert but more importantly 20 rebounds so we absolutely positively without a doubt had to do it to him JD roll that beautiful beef footage Rudy Gobert grabbed 20 rebounds that's a lot of roast beef Au contraire, that's a French dip. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Oh yeah, oh yeah. A stylish beef from Rudy Gobert. I'll say this is the best beef of the season. So far. this guy's ripping him out of the hands of the opponents. He's putting the Dennis Rodman like legs up flair. You saw that sweet behind the back dribble he did <laughs> on the outlet pass. Very funny. There's also a clip in there where a ball just falls out of somebody's hands at the free throw line. He grabs it. Somehow that's a rebound. It doesn't matter. We're blessed with any beef. I love this one from Rudy Gobert. Watching these rebounds is making me a better basketball fan because once it gets down (laughs) to it, you're like, you're like, I'm focusing on box outs here. Like it's late at night. I should be going to bed, but I come down here. I'm like, Laura, I'll be in bed in about an hour. There's another roast beef. She's like, Trey, be quiet. The girls are sleeping in the room next door. You don't need to see that there's a lot of roast beef that loud. Yeah, I do. Rebounds are back. Few things, few things. Jazz, awesome win. No Donovan Mitchell, who was in the uh, concussion protocol. It was sort of like out of left field there. So he missed this game. It didn't matter. They continued to roll. They just uh, they just ran to the victory. That game, the, the score looks closer than it was. So it was a huge, huge win. Um, 
I can't wait till we can play pickup basketball again and Trey Kirby's boxing out, yelling big beef off boards. Like I, I literally can't <laughs> wait to be running. You know, I'm I'm the outlet man. I'm going, so I can't wait to give me to yell, give me that beef. Uh, I was thinking about that last night, skates. For the first time in my life, when I go back and play pickup ball, July 2021, I'm calling out every rebound I get. Yes. One, two. <laughs> I mean, we'll play for, what, two and a half hours? I got to get 20 over the course oh, of the night. You're, you're going to have a secret beef in my bag. Run over to the bag, pull out a roast beef, and crush it during a game. Oh, well, that's my that final point. Sauce. That's my final point. Arby's, uh, get your head out of your ass slash bun and holler at us with some money for all this free publicity we're dropping for you. I mean, we're not getting paid by Arby's for all this big beef we're showing here, but we should be. Because all beef. I see, all I see in our Twitter feed now, when someone is flirting with twenty rebounds, is oh, big beef time. Well, I'm getting hungry. Where's the order? The Arby's? Like, come on. Uh, all right, us. Arby's was trending on Twitter yeah. this week. Oh Arby's was it because of big beef? I'll let you decide. No, it actually wasn't. But it was actually because people hate Arby's. <laughs> right. But we don't. We're bringing we don't. it back. If you want some good publicity, hop on with the rebound right. boys. Right. Yes. Yeah. You can actually rebound your 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 image right now in the eyes of people <laughs> with no dunks and our love for rebound, which is roast beef. I mean roast beef, which is rebound. Big beef. Uh Lily, you're gonna be hitting the boards harder when you're out there playing ball. Nah, man, I'm going. I'm Joe Ingles last night, just catching those threes yeah. and shooting them. That's it, man. I've uh, I've given up rebounding. I'm just a three point shooter. That's it. Hey, I don't even good. go in the paint. <laughs> yes, you've turned into a real Zach Harper or a Rasheed Wallace, three point line to three point line. I love it. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm, Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. What do you got, Trey Kirby? Oh, got a little tweet for you from the Milwaukee Bucks. This was going around on Twitter. That's where we usually find the tweets. It was getting a lot of buzz. So take a look at Giannis Antetokounmpo being silly. I'm getting old and weird. It's crazy. This is my first time in Tampa. I've never been here before. Unfortunately, we cannot leave the hotel. I don't have the chance to experience Tampa. Um, what else? Yeah, I'm getting old and weird. I'm alone and look at me. 
because nobody allowed me. Nobody likes me, man. It is what it is. Sometimes in life, people are not going to be around you to motivate you. They're not going to be around you to push you, to celebrate you, to applaud you. You got to do it on your own. That's what I'm doing right now. I was gonna ask you guys, what's something old and weird you do? But then I realized we talked about cream rinse and cleanies for like 15 minutes yesterday, both of which are old and weird. The old weird thing I did today was use a honey dipper. What's, What's a honey dipper all about? Just a piece of wood you stick in there? An old weird thing that still exists. But I hit you with another tweet, Skeets. This is another okay. Bucks tweet uh, from Eric Neem, who says, For those uninitiated, Giannis has now called Dante DiVincenzo white chocolate in back-to-back press conferences. I don't know when a nickname becomes official, but this is definitely something to monitor. Okay. Ooh. I don't know, Skeets. White Ooh. chocolate already? Another white chocolate? I don't think I can get on board with this one, though. I did like uh, somebody responded to Eric with a tweet saying that the nickname Alfredo Sauce is available, <laughs> which would be a great nickname well, for Dante DiVincenzo. There's the clip going around last night of Lowry pointing out how white DiVincenzo is. <laughs> uh, and all DiVincenzo threw down a huge dunk last A big night, time, yeah. He threw down such a big dunk that Kyle Lowry had to foul him the next time he came down yeah, for it. Yeah, right, right. And then, it, yeah, because he was so red, Lowry was pointing out, yeah, it's because he's so white. That's why you're seeing the mark so bad. <laughs> very, very weird. That was a big win by the Bucks there over the Raps, too. Uh, Raps sort of made it close at the end, and then the Bucks pulled away. But, uh, yeah, is it too is it too soon, Lee, for another white chocolate Yes, yes, it is. White Chocolate's uh, an iconic nickname, and I don't think anyone who knows anything about the history of the NBA doesn't automatically just say, that's Jason Williams. Mm -hmm. So, DiVincenzo, if he can, you know, provide enough highlights and enough... Yeah, uh, that's the thing. He's not not white chocolate enough. No, no, no. Because White Chocolate specifically is those, those passes and those plays, you know, not necessarily scoring or anything like that or shooting, but... It was like he he was he definitely had his own style, mm-hmm. and that's what DiVincenzo has to do. He has to create some sort of uh, playing style that's like okay, we can clearly see that's you. You know, you can't just say well, you're white chocolate because it's cool. I mean, it's a cool nickname. It's a great. Yeah, it's a great nickname. nickname. What yeah. about Alfredo Sauce though? You don't like that one as much? Uh, <laughs> I don't mind. I wouldn't want to be called Alfredo Sauce, but <laughs> if everyone else is like, it comes Alfredo Sauce down the lane. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. All right. It's a heavy okay. dish. Heavy oh, dish. someone here, Zach, Zach uh, McDonald in the stream seems. What about Creamy D? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Creamy sure. D and spicy P. Yeah, yeah. Cream rinse uh, and creamy D. That uh, that back just back to the honest clip too. That's a, such a great clip. I, I I was crying laughing watching that. I actually hadn't seen the whole thing. I saw like the screen grab going around around last night where it says I'm old and weird, and I was sort of like, what is this from? But so I hadn't seen that video yet. That was the first time for me. That's amazing. I don't he know really why. commits to it, huh? Oh, it almost I... turns into a wrestling promo there at the end. It's like, yeah. I got to do it all by myself. And that's what I'm doing out here. Felt like he wanted to drop the people's elbow a little yeah. bit too. Yeah. Oh, God. His, his arms get bigger and bigger every time you see <laughs> no him. No doubt, guy's, yeah. getting, guy's just getting Just more, lifting more all jacked. the time. Oh, all right. Great stuff. Uh, sort of basically two tweets of the night there. I love it, Trey. Okay, pick him results. Last night, it was the Mavericks Jazz game. Jazz, big, big win over Dallas. They were favored by four and a half. Took care of that. No Mitchell, as I said. Really good game from Gobert there with the French dip beef. So what that means is it's over. 
Yes, our first pick'em of the season. It's a wrap because Lee, Trey, and myself had Utah. They got the victory. That improved Trey and Lee to 11 and 13, me to 14 and 10. Not bad there. But Tash, he picked Alice. He had to swerve. He was getting a little desperate because he was trailing. He got another loss. Tass, 8 and 16. <laughs> Tass is usually really, really good at this. So he started slow here this season. He will be having to pay off the pick'em loss. So if you have a last second, a last minute idea for a pick'em payoff for Tassie to do, probably what, early next week, if we're being honest, I don't think we'll get to it tomorrow. Um, let us know, let us know. Tweet at us at no dunks Inc. Let us know in the stream team, let us know in the YouTube comments, or you can email uh, any ideas you have to no dunks at theathletic.com. Tassie will be paying it off. Good victory from you guys there. You must've been happy with that, Lily. You will not ha uh, be having to Funnel a bean bong. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, the funny thing was, uh, so many games on last night, and Tass obviously had to swerve. I'm a little surprised he picked that game. Right, right, right. Because the the Jazz, you know, just super red hot, and the Mavs not. And I thought, oh, that's a fair. I mean, I guess, I guess that's it. I guess maybe he thought. Well, those other guys are definitely yeah. going to pick the Jazz. I guess that was it. I think but... that's what his thinking was. He's like, one of you two is going to take the Jazz. So yeah. it gives me at least yeah. the option to take the Mavericks. Yeah. But, uh, no, this one was over very early on, even without Donovan Mitchell, as you mentioned there. So Jazz rolling. Jazz rolling. Tass will be paying it off early next week. If you have an idea, let us know. Okay, we'll call it there. So we won't make our picks tonight. We'll, we'll start it up. Uh, early next week on Monday's show we'll start making our picks again as we reset the scores everybody goes back to 0-0 zero and, zero, and we see who comes in last and has to pay it off always fun alright guys email us your questions and comments for our next Beach Steppin podcast no dunks at theathletic.com we dropped a new Beach Steppin yesterday it's a spunky episode um, <laughs> it's I mean these are these Beach Steppin podcasts are getting they're starting to get crazier and crazier I think we're getting like loopier and loopier no doubt. Uh, as the season moves on and the workload continues to increase but they're a lot of fun and you guys send in some fun questions uh, look, I'll be honest. There are, there's not a ton of basketball talk in these beach stepping podcasts. There's like one or two basketball questions, and then they're crazy. And we go off on some insane tangents. You know, Tass is singing at some point. Lee's pulling out a handkerchief and he's waving it around. And you know, he's going. <laughs> so, anyway. Again, they're a lot of fun. So go check out the Beach Step and Podcast or join us live for those at 3 p.m. on Wednesdays on YouTube. Uh, immaculate items always available for sale over at nodunks.com. Go get your No Dunks merch. And uh, we're talking with Breaking Tea as we speak. Some emails have been flying back and forth this morning. Some new gear on its way soon. I would actually, you know what? I'm going to lock it in. Monday, we're going to have new stuff up at the uh, nodunks.com oh. store. Yeah. Uh, a lot of new stuff by the looks of it. So, uh, you know, either go get something now or you can even wait till Monday if you want to do that. We'll uh, let you know when that stuff goes live. And finally, if you haven't already, grab yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks where you can sign up for just $3.99 a month. Get the best damn sports writing in the world. Uh, get ads, uh, excuse me, podcasts ad free. There's not just no dunks on the athletic, by the way. I mean, I know you guys know this. There's the ding. There's all these great podcasts about team specific shows. And then there's like, oh yeah. Like I always forget there's other sports going on. But, you know, <laughs> they have other sports. There are there? other sports. There's a, you know, there's a football podcast. There's I listen to the podcast. athletic football show every week. It's the only reason I know go. anything about football. Can't wait to hear my man, Robert Mays breaking down how the bears are going to get Deshaun Watson, right? Oh. Some wrongs in Chicago. Come on. You can't get Candace Parker 
and Deshaun Watson in the in the span of the same week here or something. Like I don't know. Twenty twenty one looking pretty good. The Bulls are back. The Sky are back. The Bears coming oh back. Oh my I might have to move home. So yeah, go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. Get yourself that athletic subscription. Anything else to add, gentlemen, here before we wrap it up? NBA whoopsies coming later today and tonight. I'll just remind you one more time. NBA happy hour. This is something new for us. We're going to try it. Who knows what's going to happen? We're going to jump on YouTube live around halftime of the first game on TNT. It's the Blazers Rockets game. And just shoot the shit. Crack a beer. Talk hoops. Talk nonsense. Sort of watch the game. Maybe not. Who knows? Uh, we'll have some fun though. So check yeah. Out. Uh, also, quick, just quickly, I'm popping packs with Coyote Peterson this afternoon, 3 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Give a shout out to his son, Pup. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Um, Coyote Peterson, I know nothing about this man, but uh, this, is, like you said, you gave us the tease or the hint that he's uh, Steve Irwin-like. So that's obviously yeah, yeah. a man of the animals, is he? Check him out on uh, YouTube. Yeah, it's going to be fun. And uh, yeah, he's a big basketball fan. So this is going to wow. be a real, uh, you know, world's colliding here. I'm not I'm not sure what's going to happen. I'm not sure what's going to happen. But just uh, join us 3 p.m. on YouTube this afternoon, Eastern. And uh, we'll have some fun. Who knows where it's going to go? Okay, okay. So this is not on Instagram where you usually have been not doing today, it. Not today, no. On no, okay. we're going to do it on YouTube today because... Uh, Coyote has a big, big following on the on the YouTubes. So oh, that's uh, his natural habitat, you would say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'm oh, I'm very excited for this. I'll be tuning yeah, in live. Yeah, okay, so I three PM ish. That's what we're three, saying here. Three PM Eastern. Yeah, I'm gonna get out the uh, Acme basketball cards. Yeah, I don't know, Coyote. You know. Okay. Why okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Sure. That's not bad. That's not bad, man. Yeah. <laughs> Just don't say it to him, though. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, man. You anything goes for this one today. I don't know where it's gonna go. So, I'm, I'm, all right, I'm excited. Coyote Peterson and Lee Ellis opening up an old pack of basketball cards. I wish the cards you were opening up so much were animals. <laughs> oh. So much. Mm. Well, there were, might be a uh, big dog, Glenn Robinson. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm sure you'll probably. Hey, are you going to actually open a pack, or are you going to like plant this pack? Like, what are you doing? Uh, here? Listen, I can't reveal all uh, the secrets. All right. It's you know what TV's like. You know, you've got to uh, you, you've got to leave something there for the fans. You know, you got to leave all that right. intrigue. Hey, but it would be fun. Yeah, go ahead. By the way, Lee, uh, most of the time we've been signing these cards to give them away. Trading cards are hot right now, mate. You got to keep an eye out for those Jim Ment tens. These could be worth six to seven dollars a piece. These yeah. cards you're yeah, pulling out carefully. of here, the big packs. I've been yeah. seeing some of the stuff on YouTube, on the YouTubes, if you will. When you get a big card, man, don't just toss it. Don't yeah. write your name on it. Get that thing graded and sell it for millions yeah. or a dollar. Put on gloves when you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> you keep eating potato chips and touching all these cards. That, that's what still it. surprises me whenever something like that happens. People send me the links on Twitter and stuff about someone paying $2.6 for a card. And I'm like, what the f- is wrong with some people to spend that much money on a card on a card it's big business man i think uh simmons or the ringer i should say is starting up a podcast solely dedicated to to trading cards and and the business behind it it's it's a big deal lee so keep your eye out for uh you know and Allah Abdul Nabi, yeah. <laughs> I can't even say it. Yeah, the first Egyptian born in the NBA. That's right. That card goes big in Egypt, man. Mm-hmm. I think Abdul Nader was also born in Egypt. I think we have two Egyptian born uh, NBA oh, players now, I, I believe. Know. Yeah. 
learning some things. Okay, so popping packs today, NBA whoopsies today, NBA happy hour tonight. My goodness. Keeping JD busy in the factory. <laughs> the classic factory continuing to pump out the classics. All right, thanks for joining us here this morning. We will see you later today, tonight, or tomorrow. Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, Arby's. We love roast beef. Now give us the cheddar. <laughs> Brace the day, people. You could-